right, so what did you have in mind? How did you want to start this conversation? Okay. Uh, well, I was looking at uh, talking about um, some ideas in 5G technology. Uh, part of the reason is because NASDAQ uh, and, and the S&P, um, which had some very significant buy signals, uh, it just happens to be that 5G has been a hot topic for quite a long time, but it hasn't necessarily been ready in terms of uh, investors really being interested in it where uh, there's likely going to be some very dramatic upside action that at least from uh, my framework of looking at things uh, will actually you know, have legs that's not going to disappoint people. Because we had a lot of runs in the past where people are very interested in 5G. The stocks move up and they just, they just can't seem to get traction and some kind of like winning streak. And I believe we're now like in the phase that we've had a deep enough correction for a long enough time. And the fundamentals and the need for um, 5G has come to the fore. And it now looks like this is the hot time to be both a trader and an intermediate and long-term investor. So I thought it would make sense to, you know, really hone in on um, which, you know, opportunity that I see right now would be one that offers maybe like one of the greatest potentials in that market. And it's also a stock that very few people, um, may have heard of. I mean, obviously people that are dedicated in the space and, and institutional investors or um, serious traders in the 5G market, they may have heard of the name, but hearing of the name and, you know, and having a technology that could actually tell you that it's, that the, uh, there's an alignment between traders across all time horizons that are likely going to uh, have very strong sentiment and momentum going forward. Uh, in this equity, along with traction from uh, um, industry spending and capital market spending in this uh, in this space, so the name I like to talk about today is uh, R E S N. That's the uh, the symbol, and uh, the actual uh, name of the stock uh, is uh, Resonant, and it's a very um, it's a small cap stock, which makes it quite um, interesting because it's a small cap stock that's actually getting some traction in the industry. Uh, stock is actually only has about a, a little less than a $90 billion. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, just give me one second here. I uh, did not mean 90 billion. <laughs> I'm so used to looking at billions in, in the <laughs> stock market. That, that was that was an error there it's actually uh, 87 point eight million dollar market cap so it's it's definitely a micro cap because uh, anything in the uh, 100 million to uh, two billion space is considered uh, micro cap or considered small cap so this is micro cap I do believe this stock will grow into being uh, a, uh, a small cap and uh, perhaps uh, even a mid cap um, as we uh, move into the intermediate uh, term. So 
what this stock does is they created this technology um, for um, RF filter designs. So basically, they're basically servicing uh, mobile handset makers. And what makes them really, really special, like on this particular company, is that uh, 5G technology um, requires a huge amount of bandwidth. And it also requires filters that are customized for uh, various um, manufacturers of phones that have maybe different protocols. And it's very costly and it takes a long time uh, in order to produce customized RF filters in the market that operate um, across a wide range of frequencies. So what this company did was they developed um, this technology called infinite synthesized network technology. And what that basically means is that it's designed to support a very wide spectrum of the RF spectrum. And basically what that, what does that mean? Well, it means that they're going to be able to um, have improvements, tenfold improvements in how quickly uh, they could actually take a design, send it to the fabrication company, and then get returned back a deliverable that's functional and that's form-fitting to a specific uh, mobile um, telephone, you know, uh, provider of, so let, for example, let's say Apple's producing a specific uh, design for their application. And let's say Samsung has a completely different design based on their protocols. Well, it would have taken forever. Like it may, it may have taken like uh, 10 times longer to actually produce a functional design. And even if you produce the design that was functional after going back and forth between the fabrication uh, plants many times, what this company does is it reduces the amount of uh, turnovers that you have to actually go back to the fab and reiterate to get to where you want to be. And then finally, when you get there, uh, you have a situation where uh, the efficiency and the ability for it to, um, for the power to be handled on the high frequency spectrum more efficiently is improvements by about five-fold. So very energy efficient kind of filters, which is something that you really want because when you have all those things coming together uh, on the high frequency domain, you're actually gonna get an improvement in terms of the clarity of, uh, you know, of, <clears throat> of all kinds of digital signals from uh, voice signals to video to data. And you could carry a lot more information across it, um, you know, without corrupting it. So that's mm -hmm. quite exciting uh, from the fundamental point of view. But uh, in terms of the market potential, like today, the market potential for these, for RF filters is about just under 10 billion bucks. Uh, and it looks as if uh, indications are that by 2025, it's probably going to go somewhere you know, approaching $30 billion. So right now they have a, um, an exclusive deal with one of the largest uh, suppliers 
um, with one of the large, you know, pr uh, largest suppliers of RF uh, designs. And after 2022, they're going to be able to take that and make it non-exclusive across a wide number of companies. And that's really where, when their fundamentals could really start taking off. But markets look ahead. Uh, usually, um, broad stock markets like the S&P or the Dow will look ahead six to nine months, you know, in anticipation of something they know is likely to happen. But when it comes to smaller cap or micro cap companies, because of the, uh, the intense uh, interest in, you know, what the growth factor could be, uh, they, sometimes uh, the actual uh, stocks could actually, uh, you know, produce returns like a year to two years in advance of when the fundamentals arrive, as long as there's an exciting story behind it and it's in an exciting industry. And I, I can't really think of a more exciting industry right now in tech than, than 5G. And also, you know, in accordance with one of the, you know, the best uh, investors of all time, Sir John Templeton, he always said, if you're going to invest in something early, make sure you're investing in an area where the, the, there's a very uh, long runway in the capital spending cycle. And if there's, you know, I, I, if there's any area in the market today, I would say 5G technology is probably the, um, the longest capital spending cycle going forward into, into the foreseeable future. And it's not something that's unknown. Everyone knows it, but nobody, not too many people know where you can invest today to get, you know, outsized, uh, you know, outsized gains. Because there's, there's going to be so many companies that are competing and not all of them are going to be winners. And, you know, finding some, you know, a company that is differentiated like this company and that is small cap that has the potential to become a mid cap. Uh, this is a pretty rare gem. So, yeah, this is right at the top of my list for um, innovations there. In terms of the larger cap uh, plays in the space, uh, I indicated uh, in, the, in the prior weeks uh, uh, Skyworks Solutions, which uh, many people have heard of, and also another player uh, in, in 5G technology that produces field programmable uh, gate arrays uh, is uh, Xilinx. So they, they produce the hardware that uh, will support, um, you know, this kind of technology. So XLNX is the symbol. And uh, just want to just touch quickly, very quickly, um, on some levels that I'm looking at. And I'm just going to focus on RESN because that's our focus stock today. So, uh, Looking at RESN, I'm just going to go to a daily chart because up 23% today alone. Uh, yeah, it was up 23% today. And right now it, it, it's, it's really looking like it, it's going to be on fire from quite significantly going forward here. Uh, just going to a intermediate term chart here just to see the next level up. Uh, next level up is, is about 
about 245, but really, it's really not, the next major level for me is about 330, and I, I easily see this thing going to, uh, to over 450. So mm -hmm. I just, there's just not much downside here. Uh, I believe it did everything it had to do pretty much on the, on the downside. Like the, I believe the low, the low is in there. I mean, obviously if there was some kind of uh, catastrophe that uh, that's unknown and it hits the overall market, sometimes small cap stocks just kind of flicker and retest the low for a second. And then a day or two later, they're just making new highs. So, uh, you know, uh, but you are, you can't be an investor and just assume you know, and never get in. So this couldn't be a better time. Uh, actually, I was just talking about this the other day. So it's like, yes, 23% uh, lower could have been a better time. But the key thing mm -hmm. is, I get a lot of uh, traders and investors asking me questions saying that, well, okay, it's great in the intermediate term to buy this thing, but where would I buy it if I'm a day trader, if I wanted to add to a core position? So I have some of the position on, but I want to add some more. So if I was to look at it that way, then I would uh, say the area to add uh, would be, well, there's a few areas here. Let me see, 155 and 145 would be an area that I would be uh, adding to this one but I would pretty much uh, just be a, a strong holder of this stock, uh, you know, until it gets into the uh, 450 area. And at that point, we'll look at it and then determine what kind of pullback is needed to go higher. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I would be surprised that this, that this stock doesn't go to, you know, become a 20, 30, $50 stock over the next, uh, you know, two to three years. So, and it could happen sooner than that. But as a trader, I have to just look at, you know, the next logical levels up. So I'd say 450 is an area where I would, you know, pay attention to say, hey, you know what? It's moved a bit. Let's see what it looks like. And if it says there's another signal at that point and it says, hey, keep your stop underneath three, 350 and we're trying to go to eight, then we'll do that. So that's uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, Second thing that gets me really exciting and excited about is some blockchain protocols. There's some blockchain protocols in the crypto um, digital asset space that is really capturing my attention right now. And most of these protocols are tied to the Ethereum network, which is why as a cryptocurrency, this is one of my favorite ones to participate in. A lot of people talk about Bitcoin. I'm not against Bitcoin. I do believe that Bitcoin will, will have its day. I just believe uh, as, an, as an investor and from a fundamental point of view, Ethereum is the place to go because it's a protocol that is basically serving a whole bunch of technology companies and putting them onto the blockchain and providing all kinds of new ways in order to um, interface with uh, products and people in a decentralized way, in a protected way, and in, and in a way that uh, 
where privacy is is protected. So uh, that gets me excited. And plus, Ethereum uh, is has the largest number of uh, projects that are viable in 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 the technology space that are going onto the blockchain. So it always interests me to invest in uh, in companies or blockchain protocols that have a lot of uh, interest in the development space of software engineers. And that, that would be one of them. So the symbol for Ethereum is ETH. And usually the pair that people compare it to is either they compare Ethereum relative to the US dollar, or they compare Ethereum relative to Bitcoin. So if somebody was a believer in Bitcoin, if I was to put up a chart of Ethereum relative to Bitcoin, and if that chart told me that it's going to strongly outperform Bitcoin, then from my point of view, there's no point investing in Bitcoin. You might as well invest in Ethereum. Uh, so I'm going to just quickly, the chart that I had up earlier today was um, Ethereum relative to the US dollar, but I'm going to quickly put up Ethereum relative to Bitcoin and just see what it looks like right now. And a daily chart and if I have to go uh, to a smaller time frame to finesse into a uh, trade then I'll uh, let everyone know that okay so it's almost triggering on a daily time frame but it hasn't yet so right now it's it's operating in the day trader space but what I like about it is I already have a setup on the daily time frame for an intermediate and long-term buy signal. So as long as I have a signal on a shorter term time frame, even though I'm not trying to be a day trader, uh, it will give me insight into levels that if breached or if triggered would actually uh, cause price to move and trigger a longer term trade. So I don't have to wait for the market to break out in the long term, I could get in on a pullback on the short term and still participate in the short term and long term. As a trader, I would, I would, and an investor, what I would do to participate in both, I would, I usually would allocate about uh, anywhere from 50 to 75% of what I intend to allocate into a core position and a 25% into a trade. So if I take the trade in the beginning, I put the full position in, and then when the trade is over for the day trading thing, I would take out 50 to 75%. Uh, oh, well, take out, say, yeah, 50 to 75%, and then just leave the rest in, and then add to it once the daily signal triggers. So right now, the level for uh, Ethereum relative to Bitcoin uh, is, let's see right here okay so i'm interested in it between uh the kind of where it is now and uh 0.0216 so those are the levels that i'd be interested in in accumulating and then i would just ride this market uh ride this market up because I could see a case that once the daily chart uh, confirms, I could see a case that Ethereum, uh, you know, easily doubles uh, 
in the intermediate term. And then long term, there's just sky's the limit. I mean, you could have Ethereum go to blow out the highs of all, like the all-time highs. I, I just don't see much more downside. Like the low that was in is pretty much the low. I just don't. So I just see that we're in a bull market and it's just a matter of just trading the pieces. So in the coming shows uh, that and the podcast shows that we have, I will definitely update levels uh, in the short term for active traders as well as for longer term investors that haven't yet participated. Okay, so the thing, the the actual protocol uh, that is on Ethereum right now. There's a lot of protocols and a lot of projects that are on there, but one that really attracts my attention, especially considering uh, that I'm an investor and a trader and interested in the in the hedge fund space. The, the symbol is called NMR. Uh, and so I'm just going to put it on right now on the screen. Let me just, just so that I could look at it. And the, the pair that I'm looking at is uh, NMR uh, USD. So Nancy, Mary, Ronald, USD. And I'm looking at it on the one day time frame. Uh, the actual name of the protocol is Numerare. Uh, I may be saying it wrong, but that's that's what it is. And there's a few projects um, around it. There's a project right now called Project Eraser, uh, which basically the idea behind it is to provide encryption, uh, the ability to have a smart contract, and the ability... Um, uh, to actually stake uh, money on information that people believe is valuable. Because one of the big problems today, uh, even with uh, blockchain projects and cryptocurrency, is that yes, uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain is on a decentralized exchange so that you don't have an intermediary. But the information that's being shared could be irrelevant. So yes, it's true that they, you know, somebody could pay for information and make sure that the exchange is taking place in a trustworthy way. But just because there's trust between somebody providing you with information and then paying you for it does not mean that the information that they're paying you is valuable. So what this protocol allows, it allows for any company or any individual that has access to information that could be valuable to any other party. So I'll give an example since my main interest is in the investment space. So let's take a hedge fund. So let's say a hedge fund um, is operating and they want to, you know, they're very secretive. So they want to operate anonymously. But let's say that there's a data provider providing data to different hedge funds, but the, the hedge fund doesn't know um, who's providing the data and they don't know if the data that they're providing to them is reliable. So what this protocol does, it allows uh, the reputation of the data to be etched onto the blockchain permanently. It also timestamps it and then provides a public key around it so that there's no, 
there's no possibility that there could be, you know, uh, somebody claiming that the data is valid and then they kind of change the data after the prediction happens. And that happens a lot, like in the, in the space today. Somebody will then send something out and then a few days later, they may uh, change something and then the, the other party doesn't know it was changed and they think, wow, you made a great prediction. But in reality, they just doctored the data. So being on the blockchain and etching the reputation in there with the timestamp uh, means that it, it's immutable. It cannot be changed. You cannot lie about it. Uh, but here's the other interesting part of the protocol. The other interesting part is because it's a smart contract, which means that you can negotiate the specific terms prior to the exchange of the information with the money that is being provided for that information. And in that smart contract, the parties could, you could customize exactly what they're willing to state. So for example, a party that's providing the information to these kind of uh, hedge funds uh, basically could say, hey, we believe in our data so much that we're willing, yeah, we're asking for $5,000 for the data, but we're willing to stake $9,000 that the data is going to do what it's supposed to do within a certain time period. And if at the, if at the end of the period, the data, uh, the prediction has not come you know, into effect or the data is not relevant and it would, and, and the party that paid $5,000 for the data, you know, would feel like, well, why did I pay 5,000 for it? So what happens is built into the smart contract, once it passes a certain threshold, which the two parties agree on in the beginning, it actually burns the money of the person providing the data. So this way, uh, only data where, like, because a lot of times people will sell data that's irrelevant and they're and in the hopes that they're going to get a lot of, you know, like if they shoot it out to hundreds of millions of people, maybe there's going to be a few suckers and they end up making $5,000 on a hundred things and they become a millionaire on, on, on garbage data. But who's going to want to put garbage data out there if they have to stake that sometimes two, two or three, you know, even two or three times what they're charging for it. So that so if they stake bad data and it doesn't work, they're basically losing a heck of a lot of money. So it kind of puts the skin in the game. It puts uh, it, it puts both parties to have skin in the game. Kind of like insurance. Yeah, as insurance that the party is actually legit. And in the smart contract, you could actually define anything you want. So you could say that once it reaches a certain date then start burning my money at an exponential rate until such time I lose all my money. And then that gets etched into the blockchain as well so that other parties in the future that come to, to that party, they will actually see that that person did not have a good track record because their money was burnt because they didn't actually produce the prediction or the relevance that the data was supposed to do. And, and, and in that sense, uh, you will protect the end investor in the data, but you will also bring out like, it's like it's capitalism in its purest form because the thing is there's a lot of people out there that have great information, but there's no real good way or business model for necessarily sharing it in a protective way 
where you could get a, a very large audience. But given that there's so much interest uh, in the blockchain, given that there's an actual coin, uh, NMR, which is actually goes up in value. Uh, if more people, if more and more people are using this protocol to derive value in the exchange of information between both parties. And because I see this as solving a massive problem, it's solving a problem that I've had because I've always been trying to, you know, develop some kind of platform to market information and subscriptions to individuals, but it's a double-edged sword. When you do that, they don't, the individuals that you're trying to sell to want to see a track record. And even if you show the track record and you did back tests and you did all this, they don't trust it. If you, even if you give them a third party that you worked with, they don't trust it. You could be paying them off. It's happened before. So the only way you could guarantee there's no intermediary or there's no funny business going on is to etch the reputation, burn the capital of the person giving bad information on the blockchain and provide a means for um, this information to be distributed um, in a way where there's no central party and in a way where there's anonymity between the parties because that's just how people like operating today. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's kind of, uh, those are the, the main things I wanted to talk about. Hey guys, thanks for listening. So this podcast is for information purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for actual investment.